Hey, I'm Kim Short, and it's time to get your podcast on. Welcome to What Led Her Here, exploring the defining experiences of women's lives. My guest today is the adventurous and passionate Katherine Smith. Based in the US, Katherine is a travel writer with a special interest in budget-friendly, quirky, and off-the-beaten-path travel. She is the founder of Her Bags Were Packed, a women's solo travel site with a spin, where she focuses on helping women release emotional baggage and the many ways solo travel can support them in that journey. I'm thrilled to have her here today to share her story. Welcome, Katherine. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. So for the last decade, you've been doing solo trips from New York City to Australia to Iceland, just to name a few. But I know this all started sort of by accident. So can you tell me more about that? Yeah, sure. So, you know, I didn't grow up as someone who traveled a ton. You know, we did family trips, we did the Disney World thing and we would go camping, but we weren't big travel people. It wasn't a thing we did a lot of. And in college, I did a couple things. I went to the Bahamas for a study abroad type thing. But that was the start of kind of like getting curious. I did a service trip to Mexico. And then my final year of school, um, I was in school in North Carolina. And I was thinking about moving back home to New Jersey at the time. And I had these friends who were doing a 10K every year in Charleston. And they had always invited me to go with them. And I had recently started running and thought, oh, this would be so cool to do this year. It's this huge, very well-known race. And... So I, on a whim, signed up for it. And then when I told them, hey, I signed up, I'm coming with you this year. They said, oh, we're not going. (laughs) And they would go every year and they weren't going this year because they all had conflicts. And so all of a sudden I had to find a place to stay and figure out logistics where they had a place there that we would have been staying at. And it was sort of this question of, do I still do the thing? I don't know. It was probably 50 or a hundred dollars to sign up for it. And And I thought, well, if I don't do it now, I probably won't get to do it because I'll move back home next year and who knows what the future will hold. And and I also didn't like the idea of wasting the money on the registration fee. And so I just thought maybe I could do it by myself. And um, I did already know Charleston. I had spent some time living there. And so it wasn't like a completely foreign place to go. But the only thing I could afford was a one room little like rustic cabin at this KOA campground. You had to like walk to the bathhouse and bring your own sleeping bag. And I just I remember thinking like this is going to be so amazing or I'm going to get murdered in the woods. (laughs) It was like one of the two things was going to happen. So I, I stayed at this campground and I have this journal entry that I wrote and I wrote in there something to the effect of I've always envied those women that you see traveling by themselves, not because they have to, but because they want to. And there was just something about them that was so attractive and intriguing, that confidence they had to just go do the thing they wanted to do because they wanted to do it. So I, here I was in this cabin, writing this out, thinking, what am I doing? And I survived the night. I did not get murdered in the woods. (laughs) The next morning I got up and I went to the starting line and, and there were these moments where I felt alone because you see other people with their people and, you know, they're having fun and they're chatting and they're excited. And now I know that 
if I had taken the time to look, I would have seen so many other people by themselves. The people who are like, they're in it for the running. They're not in it for the socializing. And like, there's plenty of people who are in those places by themselves. But when you're feeling insecure and lonely, you're only seeing the other people who are with people. Right. And so the race started. And once the race is going, you have so much to pay attention to that you're not worrying about being by yourself. So this experience of running and, and so many fun things to see. And then at the end, that feeling kind of crept back in because at the finish line, you always get those crowds of people's family and friends cheering them on and congratulating them. And, and so this moment of oh no, there's no one here to congratulate me kind of creeps back in and you go, does what I'm doing matter if there's no one here to congratulate me, to pat me on the back? And this thought came to me and it was like, am I not enough? Like, is being proud of myself not enough? Mm. And it was like, okay, well, it should be. So I'm going to let it be. And so I go through the finish line and go for the little food stands that they always have and get my snacks. And and then there's these two girls, they asked me to take their picture and we started chatting. They invite me to go have a drink with them. And we ended up hanging out for the weekend. And, you know, like I would go do something and then they'd be like, Hey, meet us here for this baseball game or, you know, X, Y, Z. And so it was this really accidental experience. I did not mean to have a trip by myself, but I had to choose if the thing I wanted to do was worth doing just for me, not for other people. And it was this really freeing, fun experience because I learned to trust myself, right? And to be the person who gives me the approval and congratulations and all of those pieces that we look for outwardly. And I started learning to look at it inwardly. And it's funny because when you talk about solo travel, you'll have so many women who are like, this one weekend was so life-changing. And anyone who hasn't experienced this, like, how can one weekend be life-changing? But it really is just that taking that time to be with yourself and, and discover things about yourself you didn't know previously. And that's how it started. From there, it and it, and I was not like, oh, I'm a solo traveler now. I didn't even yeah. know the phrase solo traveler, right? It just was. But I don't think I did any other little solo trips until the following year, around the same time, April-ish. And that was 2011. So I, again, signed up for a half marathon in New York and uh, had friends in New York who were going to do the race with me itself. But the weekend in New York was going to be by myself. And so here I am in a hotel and having to find things to do. And I remember thinking, oh, this will be like a little anniversary trip for myself of the last time I did something by myself. And it was just this like, I don't sort of not fake it till you make it, but sort of right. Because it's this, I know what that weekend meant to me and I want to feel more of that. So I'm going to just go out there and stick it to whoever made me feel this way in the past that I need to give myself this encouragement, that kind of thing. And taking that time and and chatting with strangers that you meet when you're out eating or at an event or that kind of thing and, and just discovering. And so that's, it started this sort of after that week. And I said, I should do this every year. I'll take myself on a solo weekend and it'll be my thing I do for me. And, and it just, sort of went from there again, not like, oh, I'm going to become a solo traveler. I didn't know that that was a thing, 
But the following year it was, okay, I'll go visit friends in Orlando. Or I think that was the following year. I don't know. But it just kind of went from there and turned into, okay, now I'm in Bali by myself or I'm in Italy for a month or, you know, just all these different experiences, you know? I love that. And I have to like something you said earlier, like keeps sticking in my brain. So I have to go back to it. And that's the allowing that you allowed yourself to say, it's good enough for me to be proud of myself. Like I don't need to have people there cheering me on or whatever. And that freedom that that gives you, right? I very much believe in community and, and relationships and all of that. Like people think, oh, you solo traveled because you were single or something like that. No, that's not what this is about. I'm a big believer in relationships of all kinds, but I also am a big believer in taking that time to know yourself, trust yourself and strengthen your intuition and your confidence and just taking time to show yourself that you are worthy Because if you're taking the chance to allow yourself, like you said, those moments to validate yourself for yourself, you're no longer looking for that in other people, which I believe strengthens those relationships. It doesn't mean there's never a time when we need a friend to encourage us and help lift us up. Because again, like we all have to lift each other at times, but when you are no longer searching or for me personally, like I had been in a very, as a teenager, I'd been in a very abusive, manipulative relationship for three years. And so I, I don't know the specifics of why I was someone who was looking for validation in someone, whether it was being a child of divorce or having mentally ill a mentally ill father, like what were the things that led to that? I don't know. We could unpack that for the rest of my life, (laughs) but something in me wanted that, needed that approval and acceptance. And because of that, I was attracted to this abusive situation and stayed in this abusive manipulative situation way longer than I should have because I didn't know how to get out of it. I didn't know how to stop looking to this person for their approval, which of course they were withholding and twisting and all of that. And so because of that, I was weakened and I was not trusting myself. And so these moments, these accidental moments alone started giving me the space to validate myself and to trust myself and to really I said this once last year and I was like, I don't think I had ever thought about it in this way, but it's so true. Like those moments, let me get to know myself in a way that I had never known myself, like know the real me, the me that isn't wearing a mask to fit into other people's boxes. And because of that, I got to know that person for the first time. And then I got to fall in love with that person And then I no longer needed someone else to tell me you're good enough, you're beautiful, you're smart, you're capable. I didn't need that from someone else anymore, that external validation. And then that took pressure off the people I was in relationships with because now we were more on like an equal footing and even people at the the best people with the best of intentions sometimes can invalidate us. And if you don't have that in you to begin with, it can really be harmful. And so I think that was a big thing that I took away from these 
solo experiences. And I continue to take away from those experiences. It just, it's something really special. And I don't know, saying all that reminded me of this other thing that I think is really fun is this idea that when you're traveling by yourself, you know, I kind of said, you don't have to be in the box that someone else puts you in. A lot of times people have asked me, what if I don't like myself when I get alone with myself? Like that is a fear that people, men and women have, and they've, they've been really concerned about. And truthfully, it's something even after years of traveling alone, I will still feel that before going into a trip. But the truth is it's impossible to not like you when you're alone because the pieces you don't like about yourself are the things you take on to fit other people's expectations. Oh, yes. We take on and we diminish ourselves and we, we become these other people to fit in for other, for them. And so when you get alone, you're never going to get alone with yourself and go, Oh, I'm going to keep that up because you don't need to, when you're by yourself, you get to slowly release those pieces and be the truer you. And that's when you get to know the truer you, because now you get to just be you, you can try on what you want to try on. You can leave behind what you want to leave behind. Someone I talked to a few months ago, um, Erica, I had interviewed her for a blog post on her bags are packed. And she said she tries to remember to bring home little pieces of travel Erica with her. And I loved that. Like just taking those pieces home with you to be your truest self. Yeah, I love that. And I I know no one will be able to see me nodding, but I have been nodding. (laughs) I'm not just rambling. I'm like, ah! No, I've been nodding solidly for the last minute and a half because I love, love, love what you said about discovering that true self and letting go of the masks and the things we take on from other people's expectations and, you know, all this stuff we sort of assume we should be and just shedding all of that and just getting to know the true you. So tell me, um, you said Erica likes to bring home those little pieces of travel. Erica, do you have you found that you've been able to bring home those pieces of travel, Catherine, and, you know, <laughs> and put that into your sort of, quote unquote, normal life when you return from your trips? It's something that you take home. And the more you travel, the more you get that, because so maybe in the beginning, it's like, OK, you come home and you're all fired up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't ever want to forget this feeling. But slowly you get bogged down again by people and expectations. And then you go on another trip and you get strengthened a little bit more. You get to know that person a little bit more. And then you get a little bit stronger holding on to it the next time. It's like you have to put it into practice, Mm. just like with anything we do. Right. Like it's, it's almost like creating a habit because what happens is someone hands you an expectation. You can't carry it all. So you let go of the piece of you by taking on that thing they gave you and you get stronger and stronger at saying, "Hmm, I don't think I want to take that one back on now. And and that's going to look different for different people. It might be not maybe bringing back certain relationships like they certain friends might be toxic and you're like, you know what, I I just I don't need that anymore. Um, It might be certain habits. I think different people, it's going to manifest in different ways. Yeah. So for me, for sure, it's something that I have slowly gotten to take home those pieces of my 
like those pieces of me and it they're not always tangible it's not always something you can like really put your finger on it's confidence it's faith in yourself it's knowing that when there's a problem you can fix it because when you were traveling like for one example so I had a work thing that was going to be in Australia in Sydney but I went early and I went to New Zealand to visit my mom's friend and stay with her and do some stuff there. And then I was supposed to fly to Sydney on the day that everyone from work was arriving and we were supposedly had hotels booked and all of the transportation from the airport, all that. So I'm in New Zealand. I booked my plane. I, I'm on the plane from Nelson where my friend lives go to uh, Wellington and I'm in the airport at Wellington waiting for my flight. And I email the administrator and I just said, Hey, no one's told me what the transportation plan is from the airport. What's the situation? And so then she says, Oh, well um, they'll be there tomorrow. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I'm what? So when they had told me everyone's arrival dates they had forgotten about the time change so they were thinking like everyone was just leaving the U.S. on the day that I was arriving in Sydney and so there was still going to be a whole another day before they got there and so now I'm about to board a plane to Sydney I don't know how to get to Sydney from the airport itself I don't know where to stay I'm don't have tons of money that I can be like, Oh, let me just go get a hotel. And I had to figure that out. But figuring that out meant that I now got to come home as someone who was a problem solver. And I was someone who showed up in Sydney with no place to stay and no transportation plan, but I figured it out. And not only did I figure it out, but I got my hostel room with the transportation to the hostel from the airport and then I had time to take a walk. And what do you know? I came across a play and I got to see James Earl Jones and Angela Lansbury live that night. And that was totally bizarre and not planned, but fun and spontaneous and happened because I accidentally got there a day early. But those are the things that you come home with and you go, all right, if I can figure that out, then what else can I figure out? And just really special experiences you get to have and take home with you. I love that you've been able to build your confidence through the fun and good experiences of your travel and also the unexpected ones where, you know, those hiccups that force you to figure stuff out, right? But what Mm -hmm. a great skill. If you could put your finger on the one thing that you've been able to learn and really bring back with you to put into practice in your normal life, like what would it be? What's that big thing that, that you're so grateful for that, that you've taken from your solo travel adventures? I think it's so hard to say one thing. <laughs> I know that's you a know, huge question. It's all of those things, but just as one more thing that I haven't already said, I think it's just, Oh gosh, I'm trying to decide between two different things, but one piece of it is this an appreciation for the world, right? And different cultures and different beliefs and different people and all of that. That's certainly one piece of it. That's a really special thing. But on the theme that we're talking about, I think something that is sort of what I was just saying is that idea of resilience. Like when you are traveling, it's sort of this intensive experience. Like, you know, in college, you can do like the intensive where it's shorter and more in depth. Like 
if you think of it as this sort of being thrown into it and you're just in this intensive experience to learn about yourself and and learn about what it takes to to build up this confidence and courage and, and all of that and take on the world it's so powerful because all of that translates back at home right so you know okay i was in this scary experience but this beautiful thing came out of it then we get to take that home with us and translate that into so much else and that's just really so great because you know people are like well i think you're fearless i'm like no i'm not fearless i have all kinds of fears but i have had opportunities to i call it stretching my courage muscles so it takes courage to face your fears but what i do is every time i face my fears i get a little reward in the end for that experience and what i've accomplished or what i discover and oh when i face my fear and jump out of an airplane to go skydiving like i get this incredible view and experience and it was absolutely terrifying and i don't know if i would do it again but like i did it and i survived and i saw something that i could never have seen otherwise and those like you get those rewards i don't know if it's an endorphin or what i know in that case it would be but (laughs) in other situations we get that and that translates at home because now you're at home and you go, oh, like, okay, I'm at this coffee shop by myself and I hear this person talking about something I like and hey, maybe we can be friends, but is it weird to talk to a stranger in a coffee shop? And like, what if they think I'm crazy? But oh, okay, so they think I'm crazy. We talk for five minutes and we never have to see each other again, but maybe we connect and we become really good friends and that's cool too. Like, it just, you get to take that home with you. And that is really translatable. It's helpful at work. It's helpful in all sorts of settings. Oh, I love that so much. Like taking that chance, right? And having, like you said, building that courage muscle, that confidence muscle to take those chances in your everyday life. And who knows what can come from that, right? Yeah. On that same sort of topic is... You know, we're talking about this specifically from my solo travel experiences, which I would encourage anyone who has any interest in it to to give it a try. I would. But also, this isn't the only way to work through your baggage. It's not the only way to build confidence in yourself. That's not what we're saying. All of these things, like I said, the travel experience is sort of the intensive. You can create that for yourself at home, you can say, you know what? I can't, I've got kids at home right now is not the time for me to do that, but I am going to block out five hours this Saturday afternoon. That's for me. And I'm going to go do blank by myself to give myself that time to just spend with myself, hear myself, think, let go of other people's expectations, challenge myself and And you can create those experiences at home. Maybe it's not the intensive experience, but it's not going to hurt. It's only going to (laughs) help, you know? I love that. I love that it gives anyone the opportunity to experience some of that, even if it's in their home, down the street at their local coffee shop, or if they're building up to something more adventurous as you've done, right? Jumping out of a plane, which, oh my gosh, I can't even (laughs) imagine. Which I'm terrified of heights, but that's why I make myself do it. Like I do these things because I don't want to let the fear rule me, right? Yes, I love that. 
you know, I've taken on something sort of similar in the last, I don't know, couple of years where I am saying yes to scary, challenging things. And like you said, it's to build that courage. It's to build that confidence. And, you know, in that moment, you kind of like go, oh God, what did I just do? What did I just say yes to? But then when you get through it, whether it's what you thought it was going to be or whether it ended up being something different, you can always take something away from it. And there's such a beautiful lesson in having the courage just to say yes in the first place. And then whatever learning comes from that is so, so special. So tell me, you have been to so many places. What is your favorite trip, would you say, that you've taken so far? So I have this joke that I make when people ask that question because I'm not a parent, but I imagine it's like asking a parent who their favorite kid is, you know, (laughs) and they're like, well, this one's special for this reason and this one's special for that reason. But I will say, so I don't have like a favorite trip, but I do like Italy is definitely a favorite place. Like I, from the very first time I stepped foot in Italy, when I was actually, I left this out earlier when I was talking about places I went in college, I had an English class on the Reformation. And at the end of the class, our final was two weeks in Europe on one of those bus trips. It's like a day in every country. I think we went to eight countries in like 15 days or something. Um, So it was really chaotic, but we were in Venice for like a night. And I just remember feeling something like I loved all the places, but there was something in Italy that has always just felt like home. And every time I've been back, so I think I've been two more times, both times for like a couple weeks, just went to different places. And it just, it just speaks to me in a way that makes no sense. Um, I love the food. I love the language. I desperately try to learn the language and I'm not very good at that. (laughs) I've taken a lot of lessons at different times. And I just, I love the energy. And even in places, not very like ritzy neighborhoods, I'll be walking around thinking like, this is so beautiful. And then I'm like, if you look at these buildings, they're kind of falling apart. But like, that is beautiful. Like the life that's there and the energy, it's just, that's my place. I was in Italy once. I loved it. It was, oh gosh, it was more than 15 years ago, but I ate so much fresh mozzarella, mm. tomatoes, the yes. gelato. I, I I just like, it was such a beautiful culinary experience, but also just in general. I, I yeah. So I can definitely appreciate what you're saying. It's a beautiful place. Yeah. So tell me, what is the life lesson that you would like to share to inspire other women? I think it's, making time for yourself and trusting yourself. Mm. Anything you can do to get to know your intuition, that should be the goal is getting to know your intuition, getting to know that inner voice. And then in the same way that we stretch those courage muscles, like practice trusting those intuitions, like your gut says to say no to a new job opportunity, but you don't know why trust it. If you don't want to go to a certain event, but you're not sure why, trust it. Or if you're like, I really know that it's the stupidest thing in the world to quit my job right now and do blank, but everything in me is saying, go for it, then go for it. Like 
learn your intuition so that you can trust it. Going back to, like I was saying earlier about that bad relationship I was in, like I knew I didn't want to be in that relationship. I knew it was damaging. I would try to figure out how to get out of it. But at the same time, I was terrified to do so because I'd been made to feel so small that I didn't know what my life looked like outside of that relationship. That's how abusive situations work, right? Like they make you dependent on them only. And so if I had been able to strengthen that, trusting my intuition and knowing that the rest would follow through later, that would have been a different scenario. Um, That's a very extreme example. But also it could be on a trip of, do I want to do this or do I want to do that? And, or I have this plan. I'm supposed to go to the Vatican today, but this really cool opportunity just came up and I think I'm going to go for that anyway, even though it's not on the, the major checklist, but something in me is saying that this is where I should go. Then go see where it takes you because that's where the magic happens is, is in those places when you trust your intuition and just oh, follow yes. that path. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I absolutely, I've always trusted my inner voice. I teach my daughters to do the same. And, you know, I've, I've tried to describe it to them in different ways. And that sort of morphed as they've gotten older and can understand more. Right. But mm-hmm. it's like that, like you say, that inner knowing it's either the voice in your head or it's that feeling in your gut or, you know, it's that. Spidey senses. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I just, I I feel so strongly that that will always lead us in the right direction. So thank you for saying that. I just heard an interview with Oprah last week and she said, if you don't know the answer, go get alone and somewhere silent. She's like, I will go lock myself in my closet and be like, I'm going to sit here and ask all that is to help me find the answer. And and for her, that was, she said, I remember she said all that is. And for her, it was like, God, the ancestors, everything in her. She was like, we have everything in us to solve the questions we have, but we have to give ourselves the space to find those answers. Hmm. And, um, and another thing she said that I thought was good was she said to ask yourself what your intention is. Like when you're asking someone else for their opinion, like, are you asking them because you value their opinion more than your own? Are you asking it because you want approval? Like, what's the deal there? So, yeah, sometimes you can't feel it. Life's too chaotic. Life's too hectic, especially this past year. My intuition has been a mess because everything is so chaotic. And I'm and I'll be like, I don't know. Like, I just can't feel what's real anymore with my intuition and what's just anxiety and, but getting alone, finding that time to just be still and find it. Yeah. I know some people like to meditate. I know some people find that stillness, like in the shower, even like Mm -hmm. just find that space that works for you and that stillness and that quiet. Right. And just, Mm -hmm. you know, give yourself a minute. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love that. So tell me what is next for you? What excites you about the future? I have been a little bit in the, you know, I think everyone's been kind of in this hectic space of, oh, we're getting back to normal. And and I don't know about you, but for me, that's been a lot of work things picked up 
all at one time. And it was, wait, I don't know that I'm ready for like full speed ahead kind of thing. (laughs) So part of that is just finding some um, work-life balance for myself personally. But as far as bigger stuff, I'm really excited to start traveling again. I keep eyeing New Zealand. When are they going to open New Zealand again? I have a really good friend there who I've wanted to go visit. And then... I really have been wanting to, even before the pandemic, just do a lot more of like small town U.S. travel. So I'm going to try to take advantage of that this next year as well. Just try to support the small local businesses. And then with her bags were packed, it's working on my big dream is I would love to plan retreats that would be an opportunity to help women ease into solo travel. So they would come join us someplace. We'd have some group activities, some workshops, but then also alone time that you could kind of ease into that solo experience and um, just really have some fun to time to work through things. Also time to just make new friends and, and all of that. That's that's what's happening. And it's exciting, um, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. That sounds amazing. Are you ready for the final five? Oh, let's do it. (laughs) Okay. So these are the same five questions I ask of every guest. And the first one is, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? I think it would have to be like teleporting. It's so funny. Before you even answered, I was thinking, I bet that's what she's going to (laughs) say. Well, because it's like... It would just be so much easier to get get around and, um, you know, I mean, I do think we would miss out on the beauty of the travel experience. Like there is something about kind of earning it, right? Like to get to the hard to find places and um, or hard to reach places and the view from the plane. Like, of course, it would it would be missing something, but it would also be pretty great to just yeah pop in and out. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. (laughs) When you were a kid, what did you think you'd be when you grew up? Well, what I used to say was, and this is a direct quote, I want to be a school teacher during the day, a ballet teacher at night, and an archaeologist in the summer, but only for really cool things like gemstones. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. And, uh, and now you're a travel writer. <laughs> yeah, it's a, I did get my degree in elementary education, but not before first studying theater. So it was a very roundabout, loopy thing. But yeah. It, well, we all end up where we're supposed to be, right? <laughs> That's the beauty of, you know, again, following your intuition and going, I don't really know why I'm doing this thing, but it feels like the thing. And we'll see where it leads me and teaching you about yourself and yeah yeah if it were your last day on earth what would your final meal be (laughs) can there be multiple meals in my one meal (laughs) (laughs) we've had we've had a couple of guests say like there was like a buffet type of a situation so (laughs) go for it what was what would your uh so one of them would have to be cachet pepe from rome which is like this pasta with like pepper and cheese and so simple but so delicious but then also in um camoli which is like just north of cinque terra which a lot of people know it's this tiny little town in that region they 
do a like walnut sauce on the pasta that is so it's like a creamy walnut sauce so delicious i do that on some pasta and then i would also in that town they do this focaccia but like it's super super thin like almost like a pastry and it's folded in with these cheeses and i think about this thing all the time and again, it's one of those hard to reach places that you can't get to easily, but it's so delicious and fresh and amazing. But then there's also, <laughs> apparently all my foods are going to be for uh, Italian, <laughs> except for I will also do hand cut fries. I am a, like I'm a spoiled brat. I only want hand cut fries, but there's this thing called a panzerati and it is a deep fried pizza pocket. It started in Southern Italy, but there's this family that makes them in South Jersey where I grew up and it's like a very distinct one that they do. And I like people who aren't from there are like, it's good, but I don't know that's as good as you make it out to me, but it's wrapped up with like all my childhood memories and things. And it's just, it's got the cheese and this amazing tangy sauce and it's like sealed up pocket and they deep fry it. It's so good. That sounds good. And you know what? The best <laughs> the best foods are wrapped up in those emotional, like those mm-hmm. memories, right? Like that's yeah. what makes it so comforting and, and that's what makes you want to go back to it. Mm. I actually wrote an article about it for USA Today 10 Best. And that's actually like what kind of kicked off my writing um like, like I guess my writing career for travel stuff is writing this one piece uh, that went weirdly viral with everyone who's ever grown up in that area that now lives around the world. And I'll send you the link. You can read it if you want. <laughs> oh, I would love to. Yes, please. <laughs> Who is a woman in history or present day you admire? Ruth Bader Ginsburg is someone who, I mean, I didn't grow up really understanding her contributions to our society It wasn't until last year I watched this movie that they made about her. And then I watched another one because I was just like, holy crap, like this is, I can't believe all of this. And so I was definitely very like moved when she passed and also grateful that I understood the significance of her work and her life through that. Yeah, she was incredible. Opened so many doors and Mm -hmm. yeah, a pioneer for sure. And last but not least, what is your favorite quote? So I am a huge quote junkie. Me too. Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm one of those ones that like has like all these screenshots on my phone and I have them like on the walls. But one of my absolute favorites is I'm also a Brene Brown junkie. So from Daring Greatly, like there's so many great things in that. But specifically, I love the man in the arena speech that she talks about in Daring Greatly. So it's that um, Theodore Roosevelt speech. I have that on my wall. And it's it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there's no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Ooh, yes. <laughs> yeah, that has become, I hung it up on my wall in my office when I moved. I uh, got this really pretty print off of Etsy. 
because I just, I especially love that end part, the part of, so that his place shall never be with the cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat, because that's, that's how, you know, you've lived. Have you taken the risk? Have you tried? Like, it's okay that you're bloody and marred. It's okay that you failed, but gosh, like just don't live in that place of what if, because that is a horrible place to live. Like that is where we just, that's where we go to die is like just that feeling of eh, like I'm stuck here and I'm not trying. I'm not daring greatly. I'm not taking risks or being vulnerable. Yes. Gosh, I got chills. I love that. (laughs) That's a beautiful way to wrap up this lovely conversation. Thank you so, so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. And I love Thank you. I love that you shared your beautiful story with us. Thank you for having me. 